Welcome to the Nine Moms Podcast. My name is Phineas, and this is my mama's podcast, and, and here she is. Hi, I'm Trigvi. I'm the husband of Lisa. I love to support her, and if you want to feel as much joy in supporting my wife as I do, then you can donate to her by buying her a coffee. She may or may not spend it on coffee. She might, you know, buy a new set of headphones. Who knows? Anyway, it's the internet. Go crypto. Do stuff. Get her a couple of NFTs. Um, You can do any of this, especially buying her a coffee, by heading to the website and hitting the buy me a coffee button. Or you can go to the Nine Months Podcast Instagram and find a link in the bio. Or you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash the nine months zero. That uh, that address again is buymeacoffee.com slash the nine months zero. Nine and zero and numerals, not words spelled out. Go and buy her a coffee. Feel the great joy of supporting a wonderful human making a fantastic podcast and raising two exceptionally smart, handsome, clever young boys. Thanks. Hi, you guys, and welcome back to the Nine Months Podcast. That was my husband, Trigvi, for the first time on this podcast. I uh, asked him to help me with a blurb, um, and uh, I think he did a great job. He's a He's my um, actor husband, so I thought maybe he'd do a little bit better job than I did by by doing a script. <laughs> so there he is. Um, what he's describing is a is a new way of supporting the podcast that I just have for those of you that have expressed that it's a little bit intimidating to become a Patreon member and just. Um, donating something every month you can head to this uh this other um variation of support which is called buy me a coffee it's a really cool thing that podcasters and and other people creators can do where you can just sort of pop in and and yeah buy me a coffee or buy me two coffees or something like that and then uh, continue to support uh the creative work that you like um through there so like Trigby said you can find that on the website you can find it in the Instagram link in bio and you can also head to buymeacoffee.com slash the nine months zero and I tried to change that um, URL but it didn't work <laughs> so it's slash uh, the nine months zero anyway enough about that this is episode number 48 and we're approaching the 50 mark which is great I am preparing to head to London at the end of the week. I'm going to take a yoga teacher training for a couple of weeks. I'm also going to do a little bit of research for this birth course that me and Alex are creating for the Birth Collective. And um, we've had some questions about the Birth Collective also when this course is going to be out. And we think towards the end of July. So if you have anybody who's going to give birth soon and wants to do a course or if you are maybe then um, you can head to the birth collective cz on instagram and all the info will be out there when it is time so if you follow us there you'll get it once once it's out and up and ready all right so for today's story it's actually not a birth story today i'm discussing 
postpartum with my dear friend Vinuta. Um, we sort of went to lunch a few weeks ago and, and we just started talking about postpartum and support and and what to do with that and everybody just focuses on the birth and then what comes after and and all these things and um, we decided to sit down and have a nice chat about it and see and see what comes out and um, what you're about to hear is what came out of us that day <laughs> and um, I think it's really important to keep these discussions alive and we we will be doing a little series of this so mixed in with the birth stories on or in addition to the birth stories every week um, not every week but once in a while we'll pop in a postpartum discussion and and if there's anything after today's episode that you guys feel like you would like to to hear more about or know more about or discuss more, then do please feel free to reach out to me and let me know what that is. And then we can we can try to find some time to to speak to that, to the things that are important to you guys that are listening in. Um, Vinuta is a... Uh, aromatherapy therapist if I say that right <laughs> she also works with these sadhu nails which is a really cool way of meditating um, I don't know very much about it but she's very holistic approach to life and we talk about um, a lot of different ways and alternative ways to to raise kids and to implement alternative ways of of treating yourself well in your day-to-day -day life. I hope Vinuta, I said that right. <laughs> but if you would like to reach out to Vinuta, you can head to Aroma Laska. That's her um, her Instagram tag, Aroma Laska, L-A-S-K-A. And just check her out there if you have any questions for her as well, right there. All right, you guys, let's get into today's episode. So welcome back to the podcast, Vinuta. So, hi, Vinuta. Welcome to the welcome back to the nine months podcast. I should say, <laughs> how are yeah, you? Uh, fine, fine. I was just running all the school the school morning runs. You know how it is. <laughs> yeah, I know. Me and Trigvi, my husband, we dropped each one child today, and then we met and had a tired coffee in a cafe together, and where we just looked at each other, going. Oh my God, we are so tired today. <laughs> That's nice. It's like a post uh, post drop off date. Yeah, exactly. We try to do those because that's sort of the time that we have together. We don't have the grandparents here, you know, or anything. So we just, um, whenever they're in school, we're like, okay, maybe breakfast date today or coffee date today. <laughs> yeah, me and my husband, we do that too. We sometimes, well, I try to, we try to at least like once a week have lunch. Mm -hmm. together like when, when our Vivi's at school and I think it's important actually I think it is an important thing to do something when kids are not around because we also don't have grandparents or any babysitting or anything and literally when she goes to school is the only time when <laughs> we're both free yeah exactly and it's like I don't know they're too small now I have a few friends that have kids that are a little bit older and they're starting to be at home so they can go out for dinner and stuff and and it's really like it's really nice all right so I don't know do you do you want to introduce yourself uh again to all the listeners I Vinuta and I did your birth stories on episode 18 
uh, which is a while ago. So maybe there's some new listeners who haven't heard your story. You want to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. So hi, I'm Benita. I'm um, aromatherapist and sort of wellness guide, let's say, for people. And I have I have one child, a daughter, um, but I had two I was pregnant two times one didn't work out so well <laughs> and the second one was more successful so mm, the best yeah. story is about the story about what happened there um, and yeah and here mainly so our friends and we just want to share our experiences with you about our births and what it's like to be go through the process and be a mother because <laughs> <laughs> it's a process <laughs> yeah goodness yeah I um yeah we had lunch was it a week or two ago and we were just discussing just postpartum and and how how we sort of prepare so much for the actual event of birth which is huge which should be prepared for definitely but then sometimes we forget about that period after um, we've given birth that immediate postpartum and then long-term postpartum and it's and how difficult it can be if we don't even if we have a plan right even if we know what we're doing and we want and the what what wishes we have and, and stuff like that it's very it can be very difficult to to go through it so that's what sparked this idea of let's sit down and let's have a chat about postpartum for a bit right yeah sure um, yeah, it was it was interesting. There's so many things that you it's just experience, but so many things that if you didn't experience it, it's hard to visualize or imagine what will happen, right? And then to understand what you will do when those things happen. <laughs> and you hear so many stories from other people, um, which can often put fears into you, right? Mm. And I think a lot of it is about like um understanding these fears and like empowering yourself to manage them to go past them and take care of it knowing what you you need to do and what you want to do yeah but it's really hard to know that the first time you know first time around you go okay I'm gonna be sleep deprived and okay my my partner might not understand everything I'm going through because my body has had this enormous shift inside it and outside it but um but it's really hard to understand what that's going to feel like or be like um when we're pregnant right we don't know what's going to happen at birth we don't know what's going to happen at postpartum like um so for me I thought that was quite it was quite hard to prepare because I didn't know what to prepare for you know um I don't know how you how you thought of that yeah first the first time I think, well, actually, the first time I think I was the most unprepared person. I, <laughs> I don't know if it was like a blessing or not, but, you know, I sort of had this feeling that, okay, what will be will be mm. in a way. And I um, maybe it was also like my age, <laughs> but I didn't um, think about it too much. I kind of thought like, oh, well, oh, like most women are giving birth, are uh, doing it, right? Most women are getting pregnant, having babies, and it's just like, it's okay. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so I didn't, I, I think I wasn't that prepared. I did like one birth course towards the end when I was already like 36 weeks pregnant. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And um, yeah, I, yeah, I just took it as it was, but it was hard. Like I wish that, I always wished in that first pregnancy that I had like got a dollar or that I had like another older person around me that already went through it to give me to advise me or to like share with me their experience yeah yeah it's so important to have to have that input I I feel like I meet a lot of pregnant people uh in my day-to-day with my work and and what I do and and get a lot of questions and stuff in regards to how did you prepare? What's the biggest tip you can give? And the biggest tip that I have is to inform yourself, to yes. read, to watch, to listen, whatever works for you to take information in, to prepare yourself. And if you don't feel like doing any of that, to get someone next to you that can guide you through it when you're experiencing it instead or even all those things combined (laughs) yeah definitely like informing yourself is just one of like I don't think it just applies to pregnancy but it applies to like any (laughs) time in your life regarding like your health and wealth Mm. I feel that important in in pregnancy I think it's really important to understand what is happening to your body you know like Mm -hmm. on a physical level what is happening to your body when you are growing the child often we really think about oh how big is the baby and you have all those apps right that tell you oh your baby is the size of a pea this week Mm -hmm. or it's the size of an aubergine (laughs) and yeah and then mine one said it that it was the size of a leak and I was like how is the baby the size of a leak (laughs) yeah sorry just just comic relief (laughs) (laughs) um yeah and so we have a lot of focus on like how the baby is growing but what about you like how are you growing (laughs) Mm -hmm. absolutely and not just physically, but also emotionally. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I don't know, but my first pregnancy, I was in the UK. So they do a little bit more of more groundwork with you there than they do here. Like my they call it the booking appointment where you go and it's like two hours. You sit with your midwife and they go through your medical history and they actually tell you all the things that are happening in the body and your partner is there and they go they talk about the cervix and like where this piece in your uterus is and stuff which is really interesting because a lot of that information I walked out of there going oh my gosh I did not know this about my own body why didn't they teach me this in school it was just really really like um how do you say that uh it was just big information and Mm -hmm. yeah empowering and, and I thought that like I should know this. Why don't I know this? <laughs> you know? So yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I yeah, they, this doesn't happen here, that's true. Because I had both my pregnancies here. And yeah, it's a very different experience. They kind of you're you're a bit left on your own. They say they you go to your first appointment at like whenever it's like eight weeks or ten weeks. 
and they just check that you know it's still viable still there and yeah and that's it and they send you on your way so here you have to do a lot more self-education I think mm. but it's getting better I think these years there was more they're getting more there are more, more resources more programs being set up but there's still room for more which is I think what is great about what you are doing now Hmm. yeah I think it's hard for for me as a non-Czech speaking person to start a revolution you know (laughs) do you know what I mean like sometimes I feel like um it just it's just so hard to to step into any sort of system and hear it's harder even so because I don't speak Czech well enough but like I also think that here there's a big discussion about um, maternity care being us versus them a lot it's like us mothers against the system and I I don't think it necessarily has to be that way there's a lot of a lot of uh, fear out there of giving birth here and even even for Czechs and, and foreigners alike there's a lot of fear but I think also like yeah I don't know why I went off on this tangent but I don't I don't think that all these I don't think that anyone in any hospital in this country is like out to get you (laughs) I think all of them want you to have a nice time it's just a big like yeah I don't know it's a big thing to 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 uh to shift rules I guess and that's what's the what's the issue um with all of these things do you know what yeah. I mean <laughs> I think that, yeah no I do understand what you mean and um I think that is also quite cultural in a way not just Czech culture but I mean the culture which is around us what we see on like films and what we see what we read about and um the things which are subconsciously around us mm. the we are we see often like oh women they're in hospital and they're like screaming you know when they're like giving birth and it's this horrible traumatic experience yeah (laughs) that and and this is what and so people develop this perception of this is what birth is like and there is not and then some people you then you meet people like you for example and you and you've had like amazing birth experiences where you gave birth at home and like it was all natural and all natural but all mm, what's the word like kind of organic that you followed your body and it did Mm, what you wanted it to do right right and and that's the side the side I think that is not portrayed in media so much and I think this causes also the the discrepancy in people's perceptions and develops the fears yeah but that's the thing also though like I can I can realize how incredibly lucky I am to have had uh two home births that weren't too long and didn't have any complications and whatnot it's not it's not a like it's not within the norm like I I do have my mom had quick and easy births uh five times my sisters as well it's something in your DNA also where that comes from and I'm incredibly lucky that way but I think how do you say like it doesn't 
necessarily have to be that way either because I think that also creates fear if I am a first-time mother and I hear someone who's had these uh, really nice home births with where where they ate the placenta afterwards and everybody had a really nice time you know like if I don't get to have that then I shouldn't feel like I missed out either you know like it's not birth isn't black and white like that and sometimes I feel like we get pressured into having this like you said beautifully organic births with breastfeeding that just happens straight away and and um you know our bodies just snap back to whatever they were before and and you know the baby's sleeping and and uh it's not the reality either um but uh, is there somewhere that they can meet in the middle you know is there somewhere we can i we think can meet about, yeah yeah i think it's about changing mindset i think mm. it's about changing mindset in the fact that It doesn't matter if you have a cesarean, if you have a home birth, if you, even if you have a complicated birth, that it's happening the way it's supposed to happen. Mm. And, and yeah, and to be honest, even though we make all these plans and we make a birth plan and we have all this, um, we project our expectations of our birth upon Mm. ourselves. The truth is, is that it's actually you can project it, but it's only going to contribute to like 50% of your birth experience because there is the baby <laughs> and the yeah. baby has like another, has a 50% chance of uh, 50% say in it. Yeah, absolutely. You that's, know? that's so true. That's so true. Like, and I think, yeah. So I have a friend and she, um, she's now pregnant with her second child and the first child, like she desperately wants, she desperately wants to, um, have a natural birth she wants to experience what birth feels like but the first time the baby was transverse Mm -hmm. and so it just wasn't possible right yeah it wasn't possible so she had to have a cesarean and this time I don't know what's her update but the last time I spoke to her the baby was not transverse but like kind of diagonal I forgot what she there is a word for it when the baby Mm -hmm. is sort of diagonally um so it's still like maybe not possible she was hoping to have like a v-back you know like and that's what I mean that it's something totally out of her control she wants something but so you can want it but it it, it, it's still there is the baby there and the baby will do what the baby wants to do Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. absolutely they they choose how they want to be born the thing that we can do in any situation, the thing that we can do is to inform ourselves. You know, yeah. it comes back to that thing of like, what's the biggest tip to prepare for birth? Inform yourself. So so that when you your waters break at 35 weeks, you know what to do. That if you are in the hospital for 36 hours without progressing and they say, we need to give you a C-section, you know your options. You know what to ask for. Like there's or you know what's going to happen when you have a c-section or when you have an induction or when they need to assist the delivery with an episiotomy you know what it entitles and what you can say no to and what maybe you feel is necessary for you and for the birth of your baby so I agree with you yeah because I I remember like the first time when they said to me like 
okay, that you'll have to have a cesarean because the baby was so big. And I was like, okay, but the, <laughs> but the funny thing was, I absolutely didn't read anything about having cesarean, like about a cesarean before mm. that, because I did this birth course, but even the birth course, she didn't talk about having a cesarean, <laughs> yeah. you know? So I, I totally was not prepared at all for that. I, yeah, I totally wasn't prepared. And I remember after wishing I had even thought about it, mm-hmm. that you can say to yourself like, okay, my plan is to have a, a natural birth, et cetera, et cetera. But if I need to have a cesarean, then I know also what would happen or what I need to do. Yeah. So it's not a what? surprise um, or yeah. a shock for your body. Yeah. And also like, so you know that, what's the procedure postpartum here if you have a cesarean you know that you're going to be in the ICU for I think it's 12 hours and they bring you the baby every three hours and yeah and like you know how maybe your visit sorry your stay in the hospital is going to be a little bit longer and when are they going to ask you to try to walk again and like all the things those things are really important too because with every I guess it leads us into this postpartum thing also like we we prep 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 for the actual moment our baby enters into the world but then what comes after that is almost like surprise (laughs) yeah um yeah definitely I think what really helped me like after which actually I learned it after the first time uh, of giving birth even though I didn't have the baby but there was still a lot of self-care I had to do mm-hmm. unfortunately in that time because I didn't have but they didn't have the baby but I, I had more time I had the time right to do it and I understood very quickly the second time what okay I won't have this like extra time because I'll have a baby and mm-hmm. I will I need help yeah you know I need help and I planned in that time I was like okay I'm gonna get like this family member like my mum will come for this week and then my husband's sister came for like a month or something and that and I planned that and I knew that I needed that Mm -hmm. there was like absolutely no doubt in my mind that I (laughs) didn't need it yeah Um, and other small things also I remember I when I was pregnant, I was like, okay, I was really thinking about myself. So the second, yeah, with Vivi, with my second, I I bought myself, <laughs> sounds really silly, but I bought myself all these like nice, like cosmetics, you know, like wash it, body washes and like things for my body, body oils for like after to massage my belly and mm. things like new pajamas. I just wanted to feel after like this nice comfort, cozy, feeling that I was in control of these things which were happening around me yeah. and I had and I had these nice things that made me feel good yeah yeah and those things are so important I think I don't know my first my first postpartum with Phineas was a surprise in the way where I lacked um sleep um I thought I thought so much that I would um, 
like it's just a little bit less sleep I'll be fine <laughs> but that was my has always been my biggest downfall with my um both of my postpartums this lack of sleep just like my brain just didn't work and I I was just like you were preparing uh with the things that you liked and all the all to make yourself comfortable at home and stuff I was like trying to prepare my mind it was almost like going into battle for me the second time around like okay you're not gonna sleep you also have a toddler you're not going to sleep even less you know <laughs> and but it was like I don't know I, I think I managed for a little bit but not as as long as I would have wanted to um, but yeah those little things that make us feel like we don't have to do so much work we just have to sort of exist with the baby and feed the baby and feed ourselves and it's really important yeah. Yeah. and I yeah and I think this there is a lot to be said for preparation for example like I like I know that you started working a bit like quite soon after your pregnancy but for me like me and my husband we wanted like we or kind of planned it in a way that I didn't have to like worry about that you know or didn't mm. have to think about that because we want we were in alignment that we wanted just like okay one of us will be like taking care of the baby and the other person's doing the other stuff but we also prepared it in a way like we knew we had like enough money and we knew we had we just had our things set up mm -hmm. in preparation for it so because that's what we wanted and that for us was important because that's how we knew that we would be able to manage it especially we didn't have we don't have any family around us so it's just right. same like you guys and yeah and so just these like small things that preparing your home preparing yourself and we were talking before about like food so the things that you really struggle with when you after birth is let's say sleep and mm -hmm. food mm -hmm. because you think you have time to cook but you don't <laughs> you're like oh yeah. it's fine the baby's sleeping most of the time I'll cook except for you're so tired from not sleeping you spend yeah. that time <laughs> when you you could preparing food you like which do you prefer what do you want to do more sleep or eat yeah exactly but you have to and eat then, because you're breastfeeding you're so hungry I know I feel like I ended up doing none of those I'm not a napper I wish I was a napper everyone's like sleep when the baby sleeps and it's like yeah yeah okay <laughs> you know <laughs> and then I wouldn't I think I'd be so indecisive I'd just like you know sit somewhere and not eat and not sleep and then the baby would wake up and I had done neither <laughs> oh yeah yeah it's easy to fall in <laughs> but um yeah and then we were talking we were saying that so in the terms of food it's like that's why they say like you hear many mothers or people like recommending like oh prepare like meals and like freeze them or mm -hmm. ask someone to bring you like food yeah um these so it's understand like oh okay so even though I didn't experience it like I wouldn't sleep and how it's going to feel but understand like okay but it's going to be a bit of a problem and how can I like how can I set up something to support that yeah you know yeah exactly like I for me after I had Avi I had uh 
one good friend um, of mine, she came over and she had a whole bag of like Tupperwares with this stew that she made. And she just popped it all into my freezer. And we had dinners for like, you know, three weeks after that. And it was so good. It was just the perfect gift. And then after that, I didn't think about it so much. But then when my friends have had births afterwards um I've managed to set up like a meal train for them so that somebody comes you know you invite a bunch of your friends to support and somebody comes with a fresh meal every two days to the family and it's such a helpful thing to get um and then I think it's just so good because I don't know whatever I fed myself postpartum was not probably stuff that I really needed you know it's just like quick like a sandwich or some chocolate and a coffee and like it's not yeah you don't have time sorry sleep deprivation does that to you because your body craves those like fast sugars so when you're sleep deprived you tend to like eat more like sweet stuff and also because when you're when you're sleep deprived the level of cortisol in your body goes up and it makes and when you have high levels of cortisol it also makes you more stressed so you feel stressed Mm -hmm. and when you eat sugars it suppresses your nervous system it suppresses that feeling of stress that's why when we're stressed we want to eat sweet stuff oh it actually numbs that feeling of yeah of stress and stress and makes you feel more relaxed I know this (laughs) I know this feeling yeah. oh goodness yeah but so ah. when you're like I just want sweet stuff I don't know why it's actually a very chemical thing going on that's in crazy. your body yeah that's crazy yeah I yeah I don't know I think it's a very like that, that's a very good gift to give to someone cook them a meal stick it in in their freezer if they're not going to eat it straight away um in my first pregnancy I had a friend who had given birth it was like five months before Phineas was born and she said if you're gonna have guests over when the baby is born they have to do stuff for you tell them that they have to do stuff for you they come in the door they want to hold the baby they do the dishes you know (laughs) it's like trade off holding the baby for doing the dishes doing a bunch of laundry or cooking you something or or whatever um and let them know that if they want to come over, they have to do something for you. And I think it's brilliant. I think it's okay to set those boundaries. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, I think it's like for me, it was a bit different because we had um, in the first week, my mum came mm-hmm. for like 10 days or so. Mm. Um, and she she did like everything to do with like cooking, cleaning, like even holding the holding the baby when I like wanted to sleep or whatever and then after Mm. those 10 days my husband's sister came for like a month actually for quite a long time um Mm. and uh, yeah and and helped me that's like she was taking the baby in the morning so I could sleep for like a few more hours she was cooking so I didn't really have to worry about that and 
and like you know, she was doing these things which just really like helped me in a way and because I was after the cesarean and I knew that it was like a really tough time on my body because it was the first time too so I knew that the second time it was going to be the same or maybe even worse mm-hmm. but um yeah because it's so difficult because like you can't stand up for a long time you need to like graduate it's just because you have it's abdominal surgery and you need to like go recover slowly walk you know mm, you start walking yeah. slowly and give your body time to heal it doesn't heal in like a day that's why they say you need at least six weeks or it takes at least for me like two months to be anywhere back to like at least your functional self mm-hmm. and um yeah and I'm I I knew it I just knew it and I just set up these things and (laughs) it was like very good and I'm so grateful that I was able to do it I was able I was able to recognize it and that um I put it in place for myself because I don't know I probably would be like crying (laughs) but these are the things also we were talking about postpartum and how you know you can get depressed and you can get like feel really down like you can't manage and I can imagine if I didn't have that support, I probably would also feel really like helpless and really down that I wouldn't, because I know I wouldn't be able to manage. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. It's a hard thing to do by yourself, you know, like I, as you know, have heard hundreds of birth stories <laughs> yeah. and a few of them are people that, come from cultures where you stay home for at least 30 or 40 days don't go out some of them even includes like you're not supposed to even have a bath like your mother is there your aunt is there um the women close to you are there and they wash you and they help you with the baby and they feed you and some of them are even like you're not supposed to even like watch tv or do anything you're just like supposed to be with your baby and and um and be cared for and I think it makes so much sense like after I had Avi my midwife here she said I always have a challenge for my birthing mothers and it is a challenge to how long you can stay in bed um after I love it that's great and she's like if you can stay a month um, that would be fantastic. And then after like one week, I was sort of itching to get outside. So I did. And I, I wrapped Avi in my, in the, in the sling and I walked out to pick up Phineas from Shkoka. And it was literally just walking a block down, bringing him home. And on the way home, I just felt this gush of liquid coming out and I was like okay I guess okay you know because you have a pad and whatever it's like postpartum right and then I was like okay we can make it home and I was on that crossing in uh, Letna you know the big crossing by Korunovacni like a big traffic stop and we were almost home and uh, it just kept coming and coming and I was like okay we're not gonna make it home and then like I just looked down and there was like blood all down my legs, dripping into my shoes. And at that point, I was like, maybe this is a bit scary. Am I hemorrhaging or something? And I called Trigvi and he came running down from the house and 
wrapped a sweater around me and took me home and it was fine. It was probably just something that was still left in there. And since I hadn't walked around so much, it didn't yeah. come out. Right. So it wasn't anything bad, but, but that's just like a testament to stay in bed. You know? <laughs> so after that, I went back to my bed for another week or so. <laughs> so I think it's just like the body, we shouldn't be out having lattes I don't know even if I really wanted to do that I think the if I have another baby I'm going to stay in for 40 days <laughs> yeah I think that it's, it's interesting when you read about the different cultures I think my mom because my mom's from Mauritius mm. or both my parents were from Mauritius but and she was she would tell me stories about oh well she told me stories after I already like had children so <laughs> she never told me them <laughs> before so um, and how her mother, like when she had like her sister and her brothers, how they really did a lot of massages mm. um, and how they would really massage like the belly. And I guess that's um, a big thing, like, like we're talking about the bleeding and stuff and like the massage, because massage really helps the blood flow mm. and for healing and especially just your blood needs to flow. If the blood stays in one place, it, it's like, it's bad. It's bad. You get toxins, you get pain, you get all these things. And you, a massage really stimulates like blood flow and chi mm. and just like the energy through your body. And the more blood flow you have going, so the more oxygen your body gets, right? And so the body needs oxygen, blood, fresh blood. Yeah. Heal. And yeah, yeah, so she told me a lot about this massage. She was like, yeah, we could massage like your legs because a lot of, I don't know if you know that, but a lot of the uh, nerves and the systems, the drainage systems, the lymphatic systems from your uterus are going, ending in your legs, like the yeah. legs. And that's, yeah, so when you massage it, you're like really um, creating this flow and creating healing in your body. And so they were very focused on this, on this massage and the aunts and grandmas would come and they would take it in turns, you know, to do these massages for you. That sounds and, wonderful. Yeah, yeah, it does, like, if you can imagine. And there are these, like, small things that I think that, like, we're missing. They don't tell you about these things in the hospital, like how you can heal, like, things you can do, self-care things you can do postpartum that can help you heal mm. after giving birth you know yeah. that can support your healing which is what we're yeah. talking about right yeah they just tell you to like uh, take painkillers and you'll be okay <laughs> which um yeah which is another crazy thing which really this is and which is one thing which really got me really threw me into the um with aromatherapy and the natural solutions for certain things that we take drugs for is that after pregnancy, you can't, if you're breastfeeding, there's like a bunch of drugs that you can't take anymore. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. And so then you start to look for alternatives. And, um, and there are like so many natural alternatives out there that you can use, even for like pain, for um, breastfeeding, to support the milk, milk um, production. Um, herbs teas for example 
and mm. yeah and it's just fascinating so it's all out there but it's just like you said you have to inform yourself you have to educate yourself mm. um yeah and it just supports you <laughs> yeah and I think it's like it's a good idea to to make just as much as we make a birth plan or a birth wish we can do a postpartum plan as well and go through it with our partner and just look at hey I would like to to not be responsible for our other children for this time for example or I would like to uh, not cook for this time and I need you to prepare these uh you know these essential oils for me this is how you do it like all these things that we want and can use as as something to support us whether that is like uh you know food or sleep or or um or wishes for whatever's going on in our lives um just to make a plan and to really discuss it with your with your partner and go hey can you you need to support me with all of these things these things are important to me right yeah um yeah totally I mean I think that when you know if you have a partner that you should put some responsibilities on to them <laughs> and communicate <laughs> it communicate like what you need in my case I knew because of the nature of our um our business that my husband would be like it's at peak time and he's going to be like really busy which is why I employed other help <laughs> yeah exactly but that but that's like the reason why that happened so you knew that you know and so you prepare for that and and it's like for me it's so different you know like um with Trigvi's the nature of Trigvi's work is that he's if he's working he's just away and yeah. if he's not working he's 100 here so when he's 100% here, I can go, you know what, I need to sleep. So I'm pumping and you can get up tonight and feed the baby with a bottle, you know, or whatever it might be. And it's like situation to situation, you know, some of us go back to work after one week you know you have a because you have your own business or there's something going on in your partner's home full-time with the baby you know it's like maybe here in Czech Republic that's not super um uh, common but it does happen and and I think like whatever is our situation so you knew so you invited your your mom you know you knew that we just prepare for to support ourselves I guess because no one knows what we need more than we <laughs> right yeah exactly that's the and to trust your but to trust yourself to trust yourself that you know because I think a lot of people they're like oh but I don't know what I need I don't know this but you do but you just need to to understand it understand yourself and just look at your life <laughs> mm-hmm. and if you okay. don't know before birth you will know afterwards when you'll go like oh goodness I'm all alone at home um, my partner's working a lot. Mm-hmm. My partner can't help me um, ask. I need to be able to ask for help, right? Who can I reach out to? And then even if you haven't made that plan, you know, exactly how you want it, then afterwards, knowing that it's okay to ask for help. I'm not coping well. 
I I need to someone to to help me out you know it's also yeah. important yeah yeah it's hard and I to think, ask for help though yeah um I think it's also important to like for me just not to expect anything crazy of yourself you yeah. know like because I think now there's so much um, so much uh so many influences especially in the media from like other mothers and other this and people love to tell you what to do right people love to tell you oh this is what I did you should do it it was fantastic mm-hmm. but the truth is people tell you what was good for them but you are not them exactly you are you <laughs> so yeah, exactly what is good for you um yeah. And the influences and like, oh yeah, I like you said, like, oh, I gave birth at home, or I had like a, uh, I've forgotten what it's called, like a drug a drug free birth. I was like, yeah, yeah. drug free birth, and it, and it was the best, and everything happened how it was supposed to be, and um, oh, you should be when after you give birth, oh, the baby likes you should do this or you should do this kind of parent, you should read into this you should read into mm. um, attachment parenting or this kind of parenting you shouldn't let them cry themselves to sleep you shouldn't do this and there's so much of this information that we get yeah. so like bombarded and confused with what we should do mm-hmm. um, it, I think it's okay to read these things but I think it's also so important to understand which things and which um beliefs and process and principles are aligned with you yeah exactly and aligned it's with you the, and your well-being yeah because it's like yeah I know we all know that when we're when we feel like we're not good enough and we're not doing a good enough job as a parent and and um even in pregnancy you know like oh I shouldn't be eating this ice cream right now because you know or whatever it is that we're that we're thinking about or or whatnot like that it, we compare ourselves and that's just what you're talking about like it's life is about that these days when we have so much information in our pocket literally yeah. and it's easy to just go like oh my god why am I not why am I not this like this mom you know, or this dad or this, this person, like, it's just very, it can be really confrontational and overwhelming that you're, you've given birth and you're not, you know, picking blueberries with your kids in the forest and and taking nice Instagram pictures about it while your beautiful, gorgeous husband goes to the gym, you know, (laughs) like, it's just, it's just not, I don't even think that these people's lives work like that. I think it's just pictures you know <laughs> yeah that's the it's the really dark side of social media I think now and mm-hmm. like I don't know for us I have a feeling that let's say this wasn't such a huge problem when we like gave birth because it was already whatever like some five years ago or mm-hmm. okay you know this kind of old, a bit younger but Let's say like for Phineas and Vivi, they're kind of similar ages, just one year apart, but it was already five or six years ago. And even though it wasn't so long ago, but Mm. I wasn't really like, I think I like just started using, say, for example, Instagram. Yeah, same. I just, and I wasn't, I 
yeah, and I didn't really understand it fully. But the new uh, the generation, which are like younger than us, I think it's like this Generation Z. Is it Z? Yeah, something like that. I this. don't know these ones, but yes, yeah, if you say so. so. <laughs> yeah, we're like millennials. We're still millennials. Everything oh, I think okay. before 1984. I was born 1984. So I think that, yeah, like from my, oh, no, no, it's up to, I think, 19. 94 or something like that. I can't remember but oh. anyway whatever the point okay. is just, we're in the millennial generation where this mm. social media and technology didn't completely overtake us they were not we didn't grow up with it mm. in, in integrated into our lives but generation after us generations they have it integrated into their lives and it's creating a new mindsets and new trends and new awarenesses for them yeah and and it and I think in the future it's going to have like an impact in this in this way like oh okay so and so she like well she like lost all her baby weight in like two weeks yeah yeah exactly (laughs) it's a bit (laughs) I know and And like oh that happened to me like oh I'm gonna like I'm gonna give birth and I I think I did that actually and I'm gonna buy this dress but after when as soon as I'm like giving birth I'll be able to wear it and actually (laughs) I just look like a melon in it because I just like (laughs) yeah Yeah, obviously you know yeah exactly (laughs) oh goodness yeah these are these are surprises that come yeah I think it just creates a skewed version of of reality and I think that's why I'm really careful with with my birth stories too because I think it's not the norm you know like it's not the norm to have something straightforward as you know like as straightforward as my births were I had lots of postpartum anxiety and I think after my second a little bit of postpartum depression as well you know like it doesn't it wasn't straightforward for me, even if it was like a whatever home birth, you know, and um, I guess this is what sparked our conversation a couple of weeks ago, where we discussed that, that you and me had really different experiences completely, and your your postpartum was completely different from mine, you know? Yeah, think, that's true. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess that maybe it's also we're talking about uh, like can also be a, like about being aware of your like mindset toward it because I was saying to you that like okay in the fir- in my first pregnancy I had a stillbirth right and I after was saying but I didn't really feel like depressed in a way I, I did I obviously was sad and I did feel like loss and grief mm. but I didn't yeah I didn't really feel I would say like depressed because I was saying to you that like everything else in my life like money my relationship my work even where I live like in the city which I live was like great it was like really great and everything was going really good and the Mm. only thing this and but this thing had happened right and yeah it was more like a deep level I went to um psychotherapy for like six months but I think that the thing which really pulled me through it was just was my mindset in a way I was like very focused not very focused but like just really aware of like the positive things which were happening in my life 
Mm. And these are the things which are here and now. And I think that if, like, like you're saying, you have like anxiety, like anxiety, had anxiety when you were like postpartum. So, yeah, you actually, you were saying something, what was it you were talking about? You had this really weird, like, thing that happened about bridges. Oh, bridges? yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, it's, I thought I was nuts after my, um, after Phineas was born. So I was really scared. I would, I would make up these scenarios, like walking around the city and be like, if I tripped on this rock, I would fall this way and then I would drop the baby and the baby would die. Like it would, it was just these really weird places that my brain went to that wouldn't like physically be possible to happen and crossing bridges for me. Like I remember we would walk a lot in London and I would, we would be by the canals in, uh, in uh, East London and, and also like a couple of times crossing the Thames walking with a pram and I all I could imagine was like somebody coming over and like throwing the baby over the railing you know into the water and it's just like that's like afterwards I realized that this is <laughs> this is quite normal this is a postpartum anxiety uh, symptom you know but I, I I went around for a few months like that and and I was able to regulate it with my mind going hey Lisa this is this is not going to happen it's going to be fine I talked talked about it with Trigvi a lot and he was like reassuring me and and everything and and I knew that I was aware that this was a product of my brain but once I started googling this and asking the internet why is this happening in my brain it's like a chemical reaction also from whatever mm-hmm. hormones and whatnot and and it's similar to postpartum depression it's a chemical reaction that's happening that you can't do anything about except be with it and experience it and and talk about it and ask for help if you need it you know yeah and, yeah uh, and that's yeah. and and you can see how your mindset like helped you manage it I'm not saying that your mindset's going to cure it, right? It's still, like you said, something you have to go through. But you can see how your mindset helps you manage it because you talked yourself sort of out of it. You talked yourself yeah. like, okay, how realistic is this situation going to happen? How realistic is it that someone's going to come take my baby and throw it over the bridge? Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. But then again, like there are there are cases, you know, where where it's not, you can't do that. You can't talk yourself out of it. You can't. It goes so deep, and that's when that's when, that's when you need help. You can have, when you need help, and we when you get uh, medication, and medication is never is not always bad. Sometimes it's really good, and it's what's going to pick you out of a situation and 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 help you out. You know, so yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Goodness, yeah. I didn't need that, but I, but that happened to me, and it was just very very confrontational I guess um that it was just something that I'd never experienced in my brain before and here I was thinking like my god I'm (laughs) I'm nuts (laughs) you know yeah Um, yeah the mind is such a complicated thing and it's regulated by so many different factors in the body and Mm -hmm. it's yeah and it's again it's about educating yourself um yeah I'm such a sort of like I think like learning junkie in a way <laughs> like especially I think I always was into it I'm 
always like reading like it's so interested in like self-help books and how (laughs) mind how like your mind works and how your emotions work and why I'm feeling like this and like why why is my body telling me like yeah exactly and um for everything I just sort of I, I research I find a book that's like educating or I read some some articles online although I, I a little bit there's so much so many things online I I, I always am a bit doubtful about the um, not validity of it but the like how true it is and how <laughs> um, reliable it is shall we say and um, yeah but books I think that there are so many books out there nowadays that mm. you can find information that you want I remember when after I had Vivi I totally didn't educate myself also on like this period after um when the baby's born you know like the fourth trimester yeah what happens in their brains and in in them when during this fourth trimester and after and Mm. I bought this book called the wonder weeks I don't know if you've read it oh yeah we have the app it's so good yeah it's so good yeah Mm -hmm. and that helped me so much because often people they're like oh my baby's crying and I don't know why or all of a sudden they change they're like oh she was okay when I left the room and then you know how like I think it's after like six months or a certain time that they they stop they get afraid right when you leave the room they become aware that you and it just tells you so much information about like how their sight develops because when they're first born they can't see clearly Mm. Mm. each week like they can see a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more and and how the brain is developing and your baby gets a better sense of smell your baby starts to sleep differently as they grow they need different amounts of sleep oh she used to sleep like four hours in a row and now she doesn't sleep even one yeah and that book that book really helped me in a way to like manage to understand what was happening in my baby and for me to think of what and it even gives you tips actually like what you can do with your baby like what could help yeah we did we had the app and I think it's probably similar it was like what is happening with the baby today and I opened the app and it would say developmental something something baby might be sleeping bad or might be crying a lot or might be this try this and it was so helpful because I felt like it was always spot on it always knew what was going on with the baby and I was like how is this possible (laughs) and it was good it was really good I'll write that down for our um for the show notes page today the link to that yeah yeah I think yeah go on (laughs) that that, that book really helped me a lot I just kind of like and I totally because I didn't like even think about it before I gave birth because I was so focused on like just giving just because of my experience I was focused on like giving birth and to giving birth to a healthy living baby that was my ultimate goal and the bit after it I just totally didn't think about until it came and I was like okay (laughs) but you know it's all a process I want to say just like to finish up that it's all a process I think that being having a child being having a mother is a job (laughs) 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a job and it's a job you never did before. Yeah. So it's okay. You can't be perfect straight away. We don't, you cannot do any job without training. Yeah. Right. So true. And these first years are about training. It's about learning and becoming the best mother you can be. Mm-hmm. That's in balance for you and for them and for your family. And I think that we have to be kind to ourselves and give ourselves grace for this period that okay we will make mistakes and okay it's not going to be perfect but we learn and we get better and recently one friend said to me she doesn't have children but she's like sort of starting her own business you know and she was like oh she was so sort of like slowed under there and she's like I can't imagine now that I'll have like husband and have children I don't know how I'll manage and I said to her like yeah but you're now training in your business um and you're going to become more efficient at it and better at it the longer mm-hmm. you do it. And when you become more efficient and more better and better at it, so it's going to take you less time. So you will then have this time for learning your next job. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. yeah. And no, it's totally true. And I think that we have to see, you have to see it like that, that this is like you're learning a new skill, a new job, and it takes time. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think it's it's totally valid, you know, and I think nobody can do something perfectly well 24 hours a day because it's a 24 hours a day job. It's not like you do eight to five and then you sort of go, I'm going home now. <laughs> They're with you all the time and nobody can be a perfect person all the time. It's not possible. It just isn't possible, you know. <laughs> yeah. So we've had a, that was a great conversation on, on all the things postpartum. Yeah. I feel like we should, I feel like we should, uh, we should put this out there to the world and then, and then um, whatever you guys who are listening want to hear, reach out to us and we will dive a little deeper into into the smaller details of this conversation I think this was quite general and and uh and great I really enjoyed my time Finuta (laughs) yeah me too I love like that it's such a beneficial thing I think to talk about your experiences and I know that it's important it's something which is sort of aligned for both of us that we really feel like oh how important it is to share experiences because we both feel that like we didn't have enough experience input (laughs) into Mm -hmm. our lives like in this area and how we just want to share with other people so that other people feel like more informed and more empowered to yeah yeah be pregnant and give birth and enter this like magical journey of life yeah because it's magical it's still magical isn't it yeah, <laughs> all right Vinuta um do you want to share where the listeners can reach out to you if they want to if you have any questions or anything for you um yeah you can follow me on Instagram I have um an Instagram page Aroma Lasco it's everything about wellness and essential oils and well-being um yeah or you can contact me through my website 
an option, which is aromalaska.com. Oh, great. I'll be sure to link to that on the show notes page also. But I think we'll be hearing more from, from you and me on these topics soon anyway. <laughs> great. So thank you so much for coming on, Vinuta, today and for sharing your experiences with us. You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> Thanks again so much, Vinuta, for coming on and sharing and speaking to me. And I'm looking forward to doing this again. I think it's important. Um, if you're listening in, guys, and you'd like to reach out to Vinuta, then head to aromalaska.com or aromalaska on Instagram, and you can reach her right there. If you're interested in Prague Women's Circle or in just anything that Vinuta is doing with her therapies with the sadhu nails or the or the um, oils or anything like that then do feel free to reach out to her right there and you can expect us to come on again and speak a little bit more about these things in depth um, so do reach out if you have any topic that you'd like us to discuss and we'll be sure to bring that into any discussion that we have all right you guys have a wonderful week ahead and i'll see you next week with another birth story <laughs>